Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends. It's the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and with me as always, and from the road today, from Parts Unknown, is Eddie Guevara. Eddie, what's up, brother? Everything's good, Joe. Everything's good, man. I've been working a lot on the storage. I've been doing a lot of stuff, and there's a new show coming. I think I'm going to air my first one uh, probably Saturday or Sunday this week. The latest oh, man. Monday, because I'm, I'm going to record something really cool. I'll, tell, I'll talk about it more in a few. Okay. Sounds good, man. Well, hey, before we get started today, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about what's going on around the House of the Unusual and some of our friends, because there's a lot of exciting things going on. Halloween season is coming, and right after that is Christmas, so you're going to want to pay attention to uh, what I have to say here. Or not, it doesn't matter. You know, we're up for anything around here. So, hey, first off, I want to give a shout-out in the uh, the forum to uh, Elba Labs. He replied to uh, one of the podcast chats and said, uh, I'm going to read it verbatim from him. He says, another great podcast episode. Joe Pavlansky, I just finished Night of the Meek from Twilight Zone. And yes, it does bring a tear to the eye. I'm going to do a Twilight Zone marathon because there are so many good episodes that nobody really talks about. Another favorite is Walking Distance. If you ever feel like you're tired of life, you need to watch this one. So, hey, Al Vlads, thanks for replying in the uh, chat. Glad you enjoyed Night of the Meek. It definitely is a tearjerker, man. It, it's a good one. Walking Distance, I am i don't know if I'm familiar with that. I Maybe I've seen it and didn't know what the, um, the episode is. Eddie, do you remember that one at all? No, I don't. Actually, I, I think I saw that one. A very That's the one that the guy is running that you mentioned. Which guy was running? You said there was a guy running and like um, the distance. Isn't that the episode you were talking about last week when we were on the podcast? No, I wasn't talking about a, a running one, but walking distance. I, I don't know. I'm going to look it up here real quick and see if I could uh, find anything about it. Walking distance. Twilight. Twilight. You know what? If you tell me, I'm sure. Every single one of them. Uh, yeah, I'm going to some uh, images here. From it, and it looks kind of familiar, but I, I, I'm sure I, I, I may have seen it. I know there's some that I haven't uh, seen, but uh, let's see. While driving his car in the countryside on a summer afternoon around 1959, 36-year-old New York advertising executive Martin Sloan stops to have his car serviced at a gas station within walking distance of Homewood, his hometown. After walking into town, he sees... That it apparently has not changed since he was a boy. He visits the drugstore and is confused when he finds out that ice cream sodas are still only ten cents. You know what? I don't. I don't recall this one. I'm. I'm definitely gonna have to check it out. Maybe I, I'll, I'll watch it tonight. You know what? I recall it, Joe. I know which one you're talking about. Um, I don't remember what the storyline was, though. That's what really is throwing me off right now. Yeah, I uh, it sounds like he he kind of he wanders. Yeah, I, I think I think he starts wandering around the town. He goes into the store. You notice everything has has been like unchanged. But I, I and even I think if I'm correct, the people that live 
the same people he left when he was, you know, at at a, at a young age. Now that would be freaky, but I tell you, how cool would that be? Because I would, I know that there's some uh, comic books I would definitely be looking for if I could go back in time. Yeah. Are you I kidding would... me? The, the <laughs> first thing back here and be rich and retire. The first thing I do is order a couple of ghosts and seven foot Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, I'd be ordering everything I could, man. Still with the oh, same my... price. Oh my yeah. gosh, are you kidding? Yeah, so that sounds like a cool uh, episode. I'm gonna have to check it out, but I'm glad. Uh, Elba Labs enjoyed Night of the Meek. And uh, guys, just head on to the podcast if you're out there listening. Um, or not the podcast, but the form. And go under the podcast chat. That's where we kind of recommend um, some new TV shows or movies. And uh, also under Crypt of Classics, we also will recommend some TV shows and movies as well. So check them out if you haven't. If you have, you know, let us know what you think about them. Or maybe, you know we're talking about some TV shows and you got some great episodes, you know, like um, Mr. Albalads here says, you know, walking distance. I'm definitely going to check that out because uh, I, I just, yeah, I don't remember it. So yeah, very cool. Um, also when we're speaking of the forum, I'm going to go right to it here. We still have the mastery mystery robot model contest and uh Guys, the rules are simple. Head on over to 1878press.com and uh, just click the tab where it says, uh, I think it says order. There, there's a link on the, the page. You can check it out. But if you go on the tab, it says order uh, books and more. Head on there. You'll see the uh, the uh, the stuff that you need to purchase, the mastery mystery robot uh, model plans. Um, so all you got to do is you complete the robot and send us a a photo or video with you and your completed mastery mystery robot model. And uh, we're going to check it out. And if yours is the best one, if we think it's the best one, you're going to win yourself a fully colored seven foot Frankenstein monster poster, a value of over $140, but you got to hurry. Entries must be submitted by October 31st, 2022 at 12 AM Eastern time. The winner will be announced on November 5th, 2022 by email and on the forum site. The lucky winner will also be praised to the highest standards. The highest standards, guys, on an episode of the House of the Unusual podcast. So definitely check that out. That's all the rules and the links and a picture of the um, the seven-foot Frankenstein poster is on the forum site. So make sure you go ahead and check it out. I've still been working on mine. It is a very... Mm-hmm fun yet tedious challenge eddie yeah i was uh, you know it's funny that you mentioned that because i was going to tell you i spoke with dave yesterday now he doesn't know the exact number when i meet up with him sometime next week um we'll get to see how many were bought he said a few sold so that means that some people have bought it now nobody has submitted a photograph meaning that some people just gave up on trying to put it together it is tough (laughs) yeah it, it is very, it's very tough. And you gave me a good piece of advice. Uh, so I'm going to share it out there for everyone that if you need some help, just type in the mastery mystery robot or Houdini's robot uh, online and look at some uh, photos of other people that have put the robot together. It makes it a lot easier, but it is still um, because there's not many directions, you know, for it. So you got to kind of wing it a little bit and um, yeah, it, it's tough, but it's fun, but it is, it's tough. Yeah, it is. I actually, uh, the way I finished building, because the directions 
are the exact directions that are in the original. So um, what I was going to do for future robots, I'm, I was going to actually add a photograph of one completed so people can basically see where the parts are. But I got to tell you, with those, that photograph, I was able to build mine like in two days. Uh, it took me a week and a half to cut it, though. <laughs> yeah, the cutting was, was oh my. the worst. And I, I used a an exacto knife on mine, and it was a little easier, I, I thought, than using scissors. But, you know, if you're out there, try scissors, try an exacto knife, see which one works better for you, and uh, go with that one. Now, another thing I want to bring up to the uh, table here. I have been now, uh, it's, I think it's going on three months on a weekly basis, trying to organize a storage facility that I still ask myself the question, how can you do so much organizing? And then when you put everything back at the end of the day and you're trying to close up shop, you can't close the door. It just doesn't make sense. I'm taking out 15, 20 boxes and still I'm having tough, a tough time putting the stuff back in, which is telling me like what's going on here. But the situation is that I'm, I'm preparing, uh, I believe, so far it's only four boxes. One for the AKA King of Sea Monkeys, Mr. Todd, Mr. Joe Pavlansky, our co-host. If you ever heard of him, he works with us here. The other guy is Chuck Caputo. And I believe the last but not least is going to be Ballops. How do you pronounce it? Alba Labs, something like Alba that. Alba Labs, right, something like that, because he's been really cool for me. And everybody's going to get a box. And I don't know if he's going to do it, but I, I wanted the other three guys, you, Joe, and Chuck, I mean, Joe, Chuck, and um, Todd, to unbox it and see what's there. I might even prepare one for Dr. Saab. And another thing, Joe, Dr. Saab is working on a schedule so we can do another round thing, table. And bring all our beautiful collections into the present. And I'm sure Joe is going to have a big collection by then. And he's going to be able to not just be the moderator, but he's going to be able to show off his cool new toys. Sounds good. And I tell you what, we'll let everybody know when that happens. And they'll be able to find that video and tons more videos that you and Chuck are always putting together over on our YouTube page, which is uh, House of the Unusual. Just type it in the search. And Eddie, as of right now, we have one thousand. We have a little over one thousand five hundred and ninety subscribers, which is completely awesome. I mean, we're we're really blowing up, and I want to thank everybody out there that's subscribed to the channel, that's liked the videos, that continuously comes back on there because you know we we do have a lot of magic stuff on there, but uh, we're going to really start doing some different things with uh, Eddie's un unboxings and all that, and. Some of our round robins showing our our different uh, collections. So stay tuned to the uh, the YouTube site out there. There's going to be a lot of exciting things uh, happening there. And then also we have there is two left on the uh, the haunting in a box that was handmade by Chuck Caputo. And this is a uh, this is a, a one of a kind type deal right here. And this this is for professionals. Am I right, Eddie? This is a professional kit. You, you know, do you want to tell a little bit a little bit more about this? Because they can find it on uh, Etsy under House of the Unusual House of the Unusual, all one word, type it in the search, and you'll see haunting in a box. And this is a this is a handmade, very, very, very limited edition kit. Um, 
handmade by Chuck Caputo. Eddie, tell them, tell everyone out there a little bit more about this this awesome kit here. Okay, uh, Chuck has made a couple. Uh, Chuck made the first. He, he made the before the haunting in the box. He completed a magic set, consists of I believe ten wonderful tricks, and I included a Houdini letter as eleven. So it's a professional magician's magic set. There's only two available of those right now. The haunting in a box, there's only two as well. And it's a trick on its own, though. The haunting in the box um, is very interesting. It looks yeah, uh, Chuck put it together. I did the graphics for it and the stuff like that. But everything else was Chuck. And I got to tell you, that's really nice. If you like magic, that's it. Now, there is. Uh, Chuck has put together a dancing Hank. That is phenomenal. But that piece itself, I have four of them. I'm not going to put it out just yet, but it is in the making. I'm going to bring it out soon. And also, for those people that are interested, I'm trying to figure out how to distribute it. But Chuck put together a 25-lesson course on magic, uh, horror magic. And it, it's like half hour each uh, lesson. It's going to be really cool. I'm trying to see if either to distribute it through YouTube or how I'm going to distribute it. But it's going to take place probably in the next couple of days. Now, Joe, the other thing I'm, I'm trying to do is I want to do, if uh, a lot of people are familiar with Grand Illusions. Grand Illusion has a, a, a gentleman, which I was kind of shocked to hear. He's actually 80 years old. He said he was born in 1942. And he, you know, has a nice subtle voice. And he, you know, shows the different objects and different uh, gadgets he's collected over the years which he has about 25,000 of them, uh, he says. Now, anyway, what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to copy a similar format. I'm going to get certain novelties like haunted battery-operated banks, uh, like the Adams Family thing, the monster in the box uh, that was sold in Famous Monsters and stuff like that. I'm going to put together each week a group of different things, and I'm going to unbox it, explain a little bit about it, I think people are going to find it a lot of fun. And I think I'm going to be airing that every Monday uh, because we have Chuck on Fridays. So for the beginning of the week, I, I'll probably air that. And then on Wednesdays, we have a podcast. So I think Monday or Tuesday will be a launch time for that. Um, I'm working on it. I'm going to complete my first episode this week. It should be on next week. I'm working on the title for the playlist. And once that gets done, Joe, it's going to be fun, man. Sounds good, man. And then there's there's just tons of stuff going on, man. And we even have more because this is the Halloween season. You know, we're recording this on September 27th. Uh, it'll come out on what the uh, the 29th. So we're real close to uh, October 1st, getting into the month of Halloween. So if you're like me and you're getting a little amped up about uh, Halloween, I, I'm going to recommend some some real uh, goodies out there for everybody to get into the Halloween spirit if you haven't already, besides, you know, uh, movies and TV shows, because we do talk about that a lot. But one of my favorite things, you know, when when talking about monsters and classic, you know, horror and sci-fi are magazines. And one of my favorite, and it, I'm a little, of course, I'm, you know, I'm a little partial because I do write for them. But it's it has been one of my favorites since uh, I was in high school in the, the mid-late 90s. And that's Scary Monsters. And their new issue, which I just received my uh, contributor's copy the other day, and it's 
my gosh, is it fantastic. But uh, it is shipping now. If you go to mymoviemonsters.com, and it is the uh, – it's issue number 128, and it's all hail the horror host issue. Scott Jackson does an, another great cover on it. So they are uh, – they're, they're covering a lot of um, films from the 1910s to the 1980s and uh, horror hosts as well. Not only uh, original ones like uh, Vampira and uh, um, Joe Bob Briggs. You know, you have Senguli, all these – these new and older horror hosts so there's there's something in there for everybody so definitely check that out it's a beautiful cover a lot of great articles in there and um they're also pre-ordering for the castle of frankenstein magazine number 36 and this is picking up uh they do have the um the copyright for it so it was um all the paperwork was done the uh, owners of scary monsters uh, Don and Vicky, they do have the rights to the name Castle of Frankenstein. And um, they are picking up with number 36. So um, definitely check that out. It's available for pre-order. And you could also see the uh, United States Patent and Trademark Office letter. They have it on that page, too. Um, that is awarding them with the um, uh, the Castle of Frankenstein uh, information, all, you know, everything that goes along with it. So it's really cool, but yeah, they're, they're having that it's available for pre-order coming out this fall. So definitely check that out. That all that stuff will, you know, there's tons of other horror magazines and everything on there too. Uh, and sci-fi that'll start getting you into the, the Halloween spirit. So check that out. And also, which I, I can't wait because it's only about two and a half weeks away or so. And that's monster bash, man. October 14th through the 16th, and um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that my good buddies uh, Eddie and Chuck and Sherry are, are able to make it out there because we are going to plan to do, uh, if every if ever, all the cards align and all the planets align and everything like that, you know, hopefully we could do a live podcast from there uh, for you guys, something a little bit special for Halloween. Uh, if not, we'll definitely have a lot of uh, videos and photos of what's of what's going on at monster bash out at the uh the marriott pittsburgh north and that's october 14th through 16th and i'm hoping everybody out there can make it too in in podcast land uh so go over to monsterbashnews.com or creepyclassics.com and there's some links to it there as well and you can find out all the information where the hotel is um the schedule, all the guests that are coming. There's a lot of great guests, a lot of great vendors that are going to be there. Plus some, some little extras, uh, Ron Adams together, a great show. And it's, it's very, very family friendly. All the guests and vendors are very friendly and you can go up and talk with them and, you know, discuss everyone just wants to discuss monsters, man. It's like a big, um, monster kid family there. So it's something you definitely want to check out, monsterbashnews.com. I will definitely be there. I believe Chuck and Sherry are coming in on that Saturday. And, Eddie, I think you're you're trying to come in that Saturday as well, correct? I'm trying my best to get there. The only thing is I need someone. And I have to get back by the next day. So most likely it looks like it's aligning to happen. I think my daughter's boyfriend is going to go with me. I'm going to know more certain towards next week. 
So we should be okay well, be really going cool there. Yeah, if we could all get together there and you know do a night, we're going to plan on doing a nice live broadcast. So we'll have some of the people you'll hear the crowd in the background. And for those that can't make it to Monster Bash, you know we we want you to feel like you're actually there for that that hour or so that we're going to be. Um, uh, recording live there so you'll, you'll be right there with us and we'll let you know what's going on and um you know we're just going to be live from monster bash having a good time and we're going to talk all about monster classic monsters classic sci-fi and uh it's going to be a great time and you know what if, if the cards don't align and we can't get that we're going to make sure we get some good uh photos and videos so that way you could feel part of the uh, the action as well and i'm going to try to post all weekend so that way every day you guys could see you know, what's going on. And if you can't make it, you know, you'll feel like you're there and, you know, hopefully that'll entice you to uh, make it to the next one because every June and October there is a, uh, a monster bash proper and it is a, a great family time. So don't, don't be afraid to bring, you know, there's kids there as young as, you know, two, three years old, four years old that parents are bringing. And it's just, it, it's a great time. It, it's very family uh, oriented. So definitely uh, check that out. And also, last but not least, we're, we're still we are on the lookout here. We are on Stupid Comics Magazine uh, watch for number eight uh, on the website. They have mentioned uh, Ski has mentioned that it is going to be coming out. It's coming soon, um, but we don't have a date or anything for it. So we are on Stupid Comics Magazine watch. If anybody out there sees it before I do, post it to the uh, the forum on House of the Unusual and let us know because I want to be one of the first ones to uh, order it on there. So we're anxiously waiting. Number eight. So, Ski, if you're listening, let's go get it out, man. We want to see it. And hopefully, uh, I, I'm hoping it's, you know, another monster issue, you know, with a lot of monsters in it. But, you know, that's just me. But I'll take anything because every issue is fantastic. If you guys haven't seen it, head on over there to stupidcomicsmagazine.com. That's stupid spelled S-T-O-O-P-I-D. They have, uh, actually, there's uh, eight issues out now because they started with number uh, zero. So they have zero through seven out. We're waiting on number eight. But you could order all of the back issues uh, on there, or you could order individual issues. And it is a mix between, um, like, the Far Side, Cracked, and Mad Magazine. It's absolutely hilarious, fantastic writers, amazing artists on there. Guys, you don't want to miss it. And if you haven't seen it yet, you are missing out. So check it out. So that's what I got for uh, that. Eddie, what do you got? Well, no, what I was going to say, I already paid for my stupid comic. I wasn't sure it was out yet or not. And I placed an order for it. And then uh, Ski told me that as soon as it's out, I'll be getting it. So mine has already been paid for. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I thought it was funny the way that happened, but you know what I was going to say, Joe, one of the best things that's happening is if, uh, if for some crazy reason I can't get out there in car, I'm going to shoot out there and try to see if I can get there by plane to where you guys are. I got to figure out which will be the closest airport. And, um, let's see, it might be possible to go there by plane and it'll be easier too. Planes, trains, or automobiles, man. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the train would probably be too, too long. Because if a car drive is six hours, you're talking 10 by train, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if not, you know, there's also a possibility I can hang on to some truck and my skateboard, get get myself a nice 
skateboard and just go there, you know, where the truck driver will drive me there, you know, <laughs> and hook up in another truck on the way back. <laughs> yeah, any way you can make it out there would be great. It would be really cool to do a uh, a live production from there, a live podcast, something a little extra for uh, all of our listeners out there. And, um, you know, you're, you're kind of caught up in that moment. You know, you are in – it's like you're in a famous Monsters of Filmland magazine when you're there. You're just, it, it's such a great time. I'm getting more and more excited. I, I couldn't believe that, you know, it, it's about, you know, less than three weeks away. It's coming up so fast. And, um, I, you know, it's going to get me right into the, because uh, I'm already getting into the Halloween spirit. I got my house decorated. I bought all <laughs> my, bought all my pumpkins and corn stalks the other day. So, you know, it's, I'm getting pumped up, man. Did you go to the cemetery and dig up any bodies and put them out there too? Not yet. That is my my next my next thing. I want to have real skeletons hanging around my house <laughs> and real gravestones. So, yeah, you know, no, I was going to be authentic here for Halloween. Well, I was going to say to you in that show years ago when uh, actually Ray Harryhausen made an appearance there. Were, were you in that show when it happened? No, I was not. But I, I heard he was there, and I and I heard it was a really good show. Well, my friend, uh, Jim, Jim Gray, uh, he actually wanted me or he, or he told me, I know exactly where you're going, Eddie, because, um, you know, I went there to meet Harry Housen and he got his autograph. He met him in person. He said he was a really nice guy. And uh, I tried to get him to drive with me there. But what happened is that he scheduled where he works and that weekend he's, he's double booked. So he can't really get there with me. Uh, which was very sad. So uh, then my uh, my son is moving into his new house and apartment, and his father-in-law is gutting out the whole thing. So that took him out of the picture. My son is working to go with me, and now that I'm a you know I'm kind of not as young as I used to be. I have yeah, a tough time. <laughs> yeah, I have a tough time driving back at night. Uh, if I was younger, I'd be finished with my storage already. I probably dedicated four or five days out of the week <laughs> instead of one or two. And that's it. But I got to tell you, though, um, it's fun. You know, one thing, Joe, about the storage, a lot of people say, well, you're there. But I got to explain to people, it's kind of like a therapy, man. You're there. You're opening things that you don't, you know, it's it's kind of like you, you. it's fun. And one thing that I had this morning happen to me, which was very interesting I came across uh, a couple of weeks ago. I saw that they uh, had this ghoul's finger, not ghoul's finger. I think it's just a coffin bank. And I said to myself, I think I have that version. I looked it up and I found it. Uh, the box is in pretty good condition. It's like 1971 or 81, I think, when it came from Japan. And I'm all excited and stuff. So there's a person in my job that he's like an electrician and he's an expert in reel to reel tape recorders and all that. And you know how to solder and weld. Well, anyway, when I put a battery on my coffin bank, apparently it gave up the ghost. And I was not happy. I was like, oh, man. So I very gently took it apart. I tried to, you know, see what was going on. And then when I pulled it out, I noticed that two wires were cut off. Not cut off, but, you know, fell off. So I'm like, oh, man. And, and then I noticed that the motor itself was kind of like no good anymore. So I asked this guy if he could fix it. He said, sure. So he goes to me, bring it in, and I'll I'll repair it right away. Not a big deal. 
Well, this morning he's leaving to work and I'm doing an overnight. So I go, hey, I got it here. So he goes, no problem. He takes his backpack. He opens it up, puts the spare motor I gave him in the center. Then he opens up the other zipper and puts the toy in there and puts the backpack in his back. And I'm like, he's going to crush the box, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm praying to God that he doesn't come back crushed, man. But, you know, I couldn't say anything at that moment. Um, I mean, the guy's a super cool guy, man. I'm just hoping that that box comes back like it is because it's a really nice looking piece. Unlike the, um, what they call them, originally Johnson Smith Company would call it Greedy Fingers Bank. And then they called it the Coffin Bank. And there was a lot of variations of that bank over the years. Different companies have made it. They, it uses the same uh, hand mechanism. And what happens with this one, though, is because I have this one in a coffin that what happens is a little head pops out, which is like a skeleton head. And then the hand comes out and takes the coin in, which is the same as the plastic version. The only thing is that the box is shaped like a coffin. This one, though, it's shaped like a coffin. It has like um, it looks something like Dracula's coffin. And what it does is. When the hand comes out, there's no skeleton head that pops out. It's just a hand. And then you hear in the background a laughing sound like. (laughs) So it's got a dual action. It has a record player like the old fashioned uh, laughing box. And it has that. So the motor that broke is the one that makes the hand drive come out. Um, I'm really hoping that he'll give it back to me maybe today or tomorrow morning. But I'm really, really hoping that the bank, uh, the box is in good. What I kept the box and gave him the bank, you know. But I, I didn't realize he was going to take it with him. I thought he was going to take it upstairs to the apartment before he left. And then I, I was like, oh, my goodness, the box. <laughs> I'm more worried about the box than I am worried. It's, it's actually called the ghost hand is what they call it. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's a beautiful version of it. And I thought it was super cool. But anyway, that's that's the funny thing that today my hair, my hairs are standing on end. I uh, can't wait for tonight and see what happens tomorrow morning. If it's still intact and in one piece, then I'm going to jump for joy. That's always the hardest part of, you know, finding collectibles is, you know, you can find the collectible and it's, you know, you can find it in good or, or, or bad condition. And depending on how, how much you want it, you, you'll you pick it up no matter what the condition is, you know, as long as the price is, is fairly decent. But one thing is the box, man. Some of the boxes for any type of vintage collectibles are are just tough to find because you figure nobody, you know, who in the, the 30s, 40s, 50s and, you know, even the 80s thought of keeping the box because well one day this might be collectible you know usually it was kids who got the toys and they ripped the box open they threw the box aside played with the toy and mom and dad was like oh crap you know we gotta throw you know some more garbage away so they tossed the box out and that was that nobody ever thought about it and that's why you know boxes are so tough to find and even when you do find them you know they're they're water damaged or they're sun damaged or they're you know, ripped up, they got tape on them. And it's, it, it's such a shame. Cause you know, I even look at for stuff from the eighties, you know, a lot of the GI Joe star Wars and he man stuff. 
and nobody thought box those boxes were going to be worth anything at the time but there were a few people that did keep those boxes with it for whatever reason whether they liked the artwork or they you know got done playing with the toy and tried to put it back in there whatever reason but sometimes those boxes go for just as much or even more as the item that was placed in it yeah that that's the whole thing that the box is worth more than the item now i don't know if this gentleman realizes that or not i hope he does but um <coughs> excuse me but the situation is that it has me still like i said on needles and pins uh and i again i said to myself why did I not take out the bling and just give it to him without the box? It doesn't make sense, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's what I did. My mistake, my doing. Now I have to suffer the consequences if there are some. But I, I can tell you one thing, Joe, that one of the greatest things and, and, and the most fun thing that I've done is that er, throughout the years, I started originally, I read the Honor House Haunted House uh, Mystery Bank ad. And when I was growing up, I remember seeing, now this is the funny thing about it. I remember seeing an ad that was very similar to the one that Honor House had and said that a ghost came to the door. But then the one with Honor House said that the hand came out. So it measures the same thing as what everybody knows today. Most, <clears throat> if you put it on uh, eBay, it comes out, it's called the Haunted House Mystery Bank from Brumberger. And it's a German-made uh, house. And I think it became famous because in the 1970s, it was sold in the Haunted Mansion, uh, a gift shop in Disneyland. And also in Florida, in the Magic Shop, they sold it. So a lot of people compared it to the Haunted Mansion uh, Bank. Um, it's really not. It was made by a German company. And what it does is that when you put a coin at the door, it activates two contacts there and it goes. And, you know, the, the, of course, the, the sound is like wow, grinding sound. The door slowly open and a ghost figure comes out, snatches the coin and there goes the, uh, the, the coin. Right now I have I, that because I was looking for the one from Honor House. Just like the robot plants, which I can't seem to find, I found myself buying every haunted bank I can come across trying to get the one that was just like the ghost, but instead of a ghost, it would have a hand. Now, the reason for it, the, the bank actually existing that I know it's out there is because years ago, probably 20 years ago or more, uh, my sister-in-law came from Florida. My wife and me and her went to a mall and my wife was shopping. So I went into what back then was Walden books. And I was picking up a book of collectibles. And inside that book, it showed the bank and said, uh, this battery operated bank has a hand that comes out of the side and takes the coin in. Okay. I saw it. I put down the book instead of, uh, of course, there's no cell phones to have taken a picture of the page. I forgot the title of the book. So I wound up buying like 20 on battery operated toys and I can't seem to find the one I had looked at. So I saw the item. The other thing is I was working in the hospital and one of the guys that worked there with me was walking down where I had this huge display behind the main desk of all my collectibles. 
not all my collectibles, a few of them, you know, and everybody used to stop and, and take photographs and all that stuff. And it made like a big hit in the, in the hospital. So I had it there. And uh, one of the workers there goes, Hey, I got that same house in Puerto Rico. I think he was Puerto Rican. And he said to me, not that I think he was Puerto Rican. And um, he goes, it's still up in the attic in my grandmother's house. So I said, oh, my gosh. So he goes, is it this? He goes, it's identical to that one. The only difference is it has a hand that comes out the side. So I said, that's the one that I. So I actually went ahead and waited to see if he ever went on vacation, whatever, that he can bring it. Well, the poor guy died at the age of 44, which was a shock. I can't believe he actually passed away so young, but unfortunately, uh, so there was my chance for the house. Okay. The other situation that was very interesting about that house is I spoke to in uh, Universal Monster Army, an online forum, which uh, Joe, that's actually where me and you met. There was a famous guy there called Monster Bob. And he actually, you know, was a big time seller and collector of battery operated toys and all this stuff. I spoke with him and he said to me, I had two of them and in, he sold them back in the early 80s. Um, so that means it's out there. For some bizarre reason, it has never shown up on eBay. It hasn't shown up anywhere. But I did come across uh, one model that I actually bought two of them that it's actually like, like orange and red. And it has, I think, when you put a coin, a, um, a hand comes out of the chimney takes the coin and then inside a, a ghost may you could see it like through the window where you see a witch and a ghost dancing, something like that. I forgot exactly what it is, but I have it in a big condition box. And this box is in really good shape for the age. And I also, I, I believe I have two of them never tested it. I never put batteries in it to see if it works or not. So I'm assuming it does because it's in really good immaculate condition. That, bank without me knowing was so rare that a gentleman that that actually wrote a book entitled battery operated banks and this gentleman is about 86 87 years old and he's been selling and buying banks and when i said what i had and showed it to him because i contacted him looking for the honor house one he said my friend i have never seen this bank i didn't even know it existed so that one that I have is really rare. And I also got offered one time in a chiller show, $995 for it. I don't know what the guy didn't just offer me a thousand. It was kind of funny, <laughs> but yeah, cause I'll give you 995. I, I don't know if he thought that the $5 discount was great, but the thing is that he offered it to me and I didn't sell it to him. And believe it or not, he went on to not talk to me for a couple of years. And I thought that was funny because, there were two items he was trying to get from me. One, he wanted to buy that bank from me, and he also wanted to buy my six-foot Frankenstein in a box. But he didn't want the Frankenstein. He just wanted the box, and he wanted my Dracula in a box. And he actually offered me, believe it or not, uh, $2,200 for just those two. And I didn't sell it, and I guess that's when he said, that's enough with this guy. I won't talk to him no more. And he only said hello to me. I think about a year and a half ago after like six, seven years uh, that he hasn't talked to me because I didn't sell him the items. Um, then again, you know, I wouldn't have them 
And not everybody has the six-foot Frankenstein and the Dracula with the original box it came in, the tubular box, which is actually, it's square and it's long and it's got some nice graphics. And anybody who wants to know what I'm talking about, if you go and buy the book Mail Order Mysteries by Kirk Damaris, or if you have a copy of it, uh, the ones in there are mine. So you could see the actual box I'm talking about because that's my box right there. And uh, most of the stuff in the book anyway is mine. I would say 80% of it. Uh, the mask and stuff, those belong to Ray Castillas. He's the professional mask and he knows how to restore, save. And I think he's got every top, top stone uh, mask ever made. Um, one thing, including the Team Wolf that's sold in comic books that goes for a couple of hundred dollars. Uh, the other day, I actually reached out to him and said, hey, Ray, I got a problem, man. I found a mask in my storage that had just into a weird shape and I can't undo it. So he looked at it and it was actually a rat fink mask, I think from like the mid 90s. And he said to me, you know what, Eddie, the fact that it's a newer mask, it's going to cost you more time and money to restore than just buying a new one. And I was like, oh, really? Because it looked really cool, man. It's the Rat Fink. You remember the model kits, Joe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. But I'm like, okay, whatever. I have it there. I was thinking of dipping it into hot water and see if at least I can shape it back into a form and then let it harden <laughs> just to have it for my collection, you know. But um, that's what happened with my Teen Wolf. I had a Teen Wolf, and when I went to see it, it was a big chunk of clay. And I almost cried because I was like, I can't believe that happened to my mask, man. But I mean, that's which, again, this is something, Joe, that it's going to blow. It blows me away. I can't believe that my seven foot monster ghost has survived about 50 years. And when you look at the balloon, it still feels like you can just blow it up. This is a latex balloon for peace sakes. And after even the Johnson Smith that I have, again, they're both pictured inside the Kirk DeMaris mail order mysteries. Those are my two only ghosts and probably the only ones in the world so far. But why and how those balloons survived in that condition, it's, it's, it's beknownst to me. Like, whatever. Yeah, uh, typically, the, you know, the latex from the balloons and even, you know, some of the uh, the plastic from those you know, those thin masks, the Ben Cooper and the, the uh, Collegeville are real thin and they, they tend to warp very easily in, in heat. I know I've had um, some in the past that have warped, you know, that I had when I was younger. I ended up finding that were in my parents' attic and just from the heat from that, you know, would warp them a little bit. Um, I've had a lot of stuff from latex that I noticed was um, kind of wearing thin, especially on, on some older masks and all that, the latex mask, but yeah, they're, they're really hard to, um, to preserve, you know, that stuff. Cause no matter how it's like, no matter how hard you try and you keep it out of a, um, a moist area or you, or your area is too dry, they always tend to start to, you know, harden or crumble and anything like that. And it's tough for people that, that really collect that. And I'm, I'm sure there's some, some better ways to do it on, you know, if you do a search online, I'm sure some people have come up with ways to, to preserve stuff like that. But, yeah, it's tough. I mean, just trying to preserve anything, you know, that's what? vintage is getting tougher and tougher. 
Well, Joe, I'm, I'm glad you brought that subject up because I wanted to tell you that I actually got an email. I'm I was trying to look for it uh, before, I mean, yesterday, actually, to tell you about it. And somebody was asking that, why don't you do a show or a podcast that will teach people how to preserve comic books? Which I'm sure it's a lot, a lot of people, and I'm sure because I am one of them, have bought comic books either in a flea market, online, and then when you get home and open it, it smells like it was uh, in somebody's shoe because it smells like mold. Yeah, we've, we've done it in the past. I can't remember which episode it was where we talked about how to get rid of or how to lessen, uh, decrease some of that mold smell from the comics and what to do. But, yeah, we'll definitely have to hit in the future here um, an episode that, on how that to preserve stuff. That is one. And one of the things is, like, say, for example, when you go to a flea market, it, I just don't know why people do that. They'll take records, vinyl records. They'll put CDs, whatever. They'll throw them on the floor in the scorching sun. And for some reason, when you look at them, it has water inside. I think it's the way the sun hits them when it's really hot. It creates moisture. I'm not sure how that happens. But it just boggles the mind, especially when it's comic books, that they'll just throw it on top of a table and don't realize that it has the plastic, it's, they're not breathing. And it, well, here's one thing that I'm going to say, Joe. Uh, this might actually make it shock you. I don't know. There's a guy, I haven't seen him in about, I would say, five years. And right now, to be honest with you, I don't remember his name. I, I need to find out. But he, he, I've known him for almost 20 plus years. And he has been selling famous monsters of Filmland for a very, very long time, way before eBay, way before the internet. And he was pretty popular in Toy Shop magazine. And I'm trying to see if I remember his name. And he would sell all the back issues of, of um, Famous Monsters. And he went to the bank where his father had put away, if I believe, 20 copies of Famous Monsters number one in mint condition. And he took it out. I'm trying to see as, I, as I'm talking, if I remember his name. I saw him about six, seven years ago in Chiller Theater. But he usually goes every week to the Meadowlands Flea Market, which he has not gone in the last year or so. Uh, I think his name is Dave Henkel. Something, does the name sound a, a ring a bell to you, Joe? No, not at all. I think that's a Dave Henkel. H-E-N-K-E-L. Um, Dave Henkel. And I remember that I did get my number one famous monsters from him. And he gave it to me at the time because we knew each other for a very long time for $54. And it was not one of his mint copies. It was a copy that, you know, was okay, in really good condition, but it was not a... The ones he had inside the bank, those I think he was selling them online. Well, I went to there's this guy in Chiller Theater, Joe. That I mean, he, this guy is phenomenal. He has, uh, in fact, if you see, I have a special there on the YouTube channel that says "Exposing" or uh, "Chiller Theater Exposed," whatever. Unfortunately, there's a little bit of noise in the background, but I'm there with this gentleman. He's he's wearing glasses. He has a slight beard, and he's wearing a mask, actually. Uh, I believe he was feeling a little down in the weather that day. And anyway, he does get a lot of the very rare stuff. 
had, uh, you could see, I take a, a movie of his table where he has the uh, uh, the great Garlou, and he's got the haunted tree there, the one that uh, haunting Houghton Hollow haunted tree, which goes for a couple hundred dollars. And he's the one that sold 10 issues, one through 10 of famous monsters, okay, in perfect condition. And they gave him $4,500 cash right there in front of me for those 10 issues. And I was looking, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> but I got to tell you, Joe, they looked like they were brand new off the shelf. And um, But that's what I'm saying. People do uh, buy. And this guy in particular, he's phenomenal. He he got me a, uh, I, I don't know if you, if you see it there. I'm actually looking at it. I was able to buy a Mercury 7 space shuttle, the one John Glenn used to go up in space. And it's in, it's like a cardboard box. It's similar to the submarine, but I've never recall seeing it, but one time only way back in the past. I don't know if it was in Boy's Life magazine, which most likely was Boy's Life magazine. And it's, um, well, you can build it and the kit goes inside. Now it's in perfect condition. It's like you take it out, all the pieces are there, the instruction. And I got it through him. Uh, he's a phenomenal guy. And um, I hope, I mean, I'm not sure if he goes to uh, that place where you're going, Joe, Monster Palooza. Monster Bash. Monster Bash. Monster yeah. Bash. And, but, um, you know, I, I hope he is there, whatever, because I do usually, usually once in a while call him up to see if he gets me any of the rare stuff because he's good at getting rare stuff for some reason, you know. But it's not my robot plants, Joe. It doesn't happen, bro. Yeah, take a drink, man. One day you'll find them. You you know what's amazing, Joe, when you say that? I mean, here's here are products. Let's let's take, for example, the bat. You probably remember the bat. Yes. It, it was sold, I think, in every comic book. So you're not going to pay, if you're the seller, for an item that's going to sell over and over and over again and absolutely not get um, you know, not get it out there. That would be insane. But what I'm saying is they sold probably hundreds of them, okay? The Polaris Sub, the Seven Foot Frankenstein, the Ghost, the Skeleton, and the Bat. I am shocked to see that you find the Bat. See, I lost my Bat instructions in 19, uh, 1995 in the storage facility fire that I had. OK, I also lost in there the Honor House Monster Ghost instructions, not the ghost. I have the ghost, the instructions. I lost either in the fire or when I was young, I must have discarded them. I think I saw them when I still had the stuff in the storage there. Here's the situation. I have seen the original bat appear a million times on eBay, but never the instructions that came with it, never the instructions uh, that came with the monster ghost. No, those things for some reason just don't show up. So you don't get the monster ghost. You don't get the, you don't get the Polaris sub. You don't get anything. But yet the funny thing is, the the rocket ship that was sold before. You find one. In fact, in the last I think 30, 40 years. I've seen it appear in, on eBay like three times, okay? The sub, never. The uh, monster ghost, 
Never. I, I mean, it's insane. I, I mean, it just blows my mind. Like, why isn't it that nobody has one, you know? <laughs> when I'm sure so many bought it. You know, just like uh, how we've talked before about collectibles is that somebody along with these collectibles and these lost movies and TV shows, they have them somewhere in their attic in a box stacked in with a bunch of other boxes and they don't know that they have it. You know, I'm sure if people actually looked, you know, or or they looked in their parents or grandparents house there, there's some of this stuff that that's hidden, man. And there, they are definitely some hidden treasures. Definitely. And you know, one of the things I was going to tell you, Joe, honestly, that if anybody out there is listening and and here's another thing, I hope there's somebody out there listening. Like I'm gonna say the guy, the guy who I think pulled the fast one on me not too long ago, um, he goes under the name Tell Share, Tell Share. I think that's the name he uses on eBay. Uh, he's a big time collectible. He did explain the size and the monster robot plans to a T, so I know he does have them. But when he came up with the fact saying that he found them and I didn't get a hold of them in time. And he sold it at a, uh, you know, at a garage sale. I don't know about that because of the fact that why would you do something that crazy when you know somebody will give you so much for it? You know, I can't see that happening. But uh, I do know he probably has it. I do know he probably uh, couldn't find them. And maybe one day he's going to find them and say, hey, uh, I came across a second pair, you know. Yeah, (laughs) that'd be nice. Which, I mean, it is what it is, but. There is only one person that I know that has them. That person refuses to ever show them to me. Of all the people that has it, it has to be the biggest, uh, whatever you want to call them, out there. But, I mean, that's just whatever. Uh, I, I don't know why people think, when you're a collector, Joe, and you know this, and you want something with all your life, and somebody thinks that you're going to reproduce that and make a fortune with it, that's retarded. Because how many people want to buy robot plants? You know, how many people actually out there are going to turn around and buy, build a seven-foot robot plant? Not many, maybe 10, 20. You might sell maybe 100. The point I'm trying to say to you, Joe, is that this person does not want to even show it to me, which is bizarre. Like, dude, let me see the darn thing. You know, he doesn't, oh, I don't have it. I can't find it. Yet, when, ironically, when I walked up to his table, and I had the mail order mysteries book and I was showing him. He came up to me and said, oh, yeah, I got the same one as those plans that are in there. But mine's the one with the kid in the end. So I'm just listening to him. Of course, my eyes just rolled into like uh, half dollar size, you know, pieces. But I'm trying to pretend that it, my eyes are just like normal. And I said to him, well, and he says, well, it looks like this. You fold it down. So he was able to describe them to a T. So I know he has them. And I said to him, where? He says, oh, they're right next to my bed. It still even has the Coca-Cola stain from a soda that I spilled while I was building it when I was a kid. The next week, my friend goes up, Jim goes up to him and asks him, do you have? He, oh, oh, he got so offensive, it was crazy. Uh, well, I don't know where they are. I don't know why Eddie. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding? I even offered this guy to give him the Hooten Tootin Haunted House from March, which goes for like $1,400 complete. I was going to give it to him 
plus, plus I think I offered him $200 for the plans, and he said no to me. Because in his mind, he thinks that if he gives it to me, I don't know what he thinks. I mean, I just don't know. I don't know what's wrong with him. Well, you know, there's a, unfortunately, in our, um, our circle or, or our community, there's a lot of gatekeeping, <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of these people, it's a power thing that they have something that somebody else wants and they think if they show it to that somebody or if they sell it, they're going to lose that power. And some of them enjoy having that power. You know, some of them enjoy having the power of knowing something that you don't know. So they hold it over to you. And I, I, I think that does a great disservice to all of us. And it, it turns a lot of people off to the community. And you see that everywhere in classic, you know, horror and sci-fi community. You find it on these forum sites where, you know, people don't want to give up this information. And it's all of this. It, it's a power thing. You have these. They're, they're little people that sit at home and they have nothing going on in their lives but this little bit of, of information. And they hold it over at people because that, that's all they have. And, and it's very sad and it's it's hard. And I think that's a lot of the stuff that's lost to us, movies and TVs. I think that there are people out there that, that have it, but they enjoy knowing that they have it and nobody else has it. And uh, it's definitely a shame. But, hey, we are... Uh, we're down here to about the last two and a half minutes. So uh, what do you want to wrap it up with, Eddie? Well, Joe, I, you know what? I'm kind of really, I'm glad you explained what you just said right now, because I think you hit it on the, the, you hit the nail on the head. It's a thing of power. And I know when he told me that his brother had the house that I offered him in perfect condition. And I said, why didn't you guys know he died? He, he sold it rather than give it to me. And I said, oh, I guess I'm never going to get it because if his brother and him have that type of, uh, you know, association or friendship, that means it's not going to come my way in a long time. So uh, that's what I'm saying. You know, it it is a shame. They're like Al Ballops. If I pronounce the thing, if I kill the name, then I'm sorry. But, you know, he goes out of his way. and, And, you know, we're a community of collectors. You don't have to particularly get rid of the item you have. But if somebody wants to see it and you show it to them, it's not a bad idea, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, you know, everything I have, if if people want to see it or if I have it and somebody's never seen it, I'm, I'm more than happy to to show them because I know what it feels like to to want something and not be able to find it or see it and to know that there's somebody out there that does have it, but they, you know, they want to gate. That's correct. But, you know, Joe, you said it. It's a thing of power. I never thought about it that way, but I agree with you 100% right now. Yeah, it's definitely a thing of power. And uh, you know what? We're going to close up here with, uh, guys, it is coming the Halloween season. And check out the Monster Channel. And it's the themonsterchannel.com. It is a 24-7 horror sci-fi and retro programming site. It's free. All you got to do is go to monster themonsterchannel.com, and you could watch it on there. A lot of cool stuff on there to start getting you into the Halloween spirit. And there's a little section on there for a chat, too, so you can chat with some people on there. So, hey, check that out. Support them. Also support our site, houseoftheunusual.com. Check us out on YouTube. Just search in House of the Unusual. Subscribe to our channel. Like our videos. That We have uh, plenty more stuff blowing up. And, um, guys, we didn't have Chuck and Sherry this week. They Chuck's out doing a show, so we wish him uh, – uh, very well, and hopefully he's he's uh, 
doing well with his show and uh they'll probably be on uh next week but that's all we got eddie so we got to uh, get out of here so good night joe uh right before we give i just want to say to all those people out there if you ever see the monster ghost online or whatever that's mine i show it to people anything i have they will see please do the same god bless have a beautiful night